It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. <laughs> it's hump day, Steve. Hey, this is the Americhicks with Kim Munson, and it is hump day, Steve. You know, uh, we we were just talking uh, before going on the air. This has, I think, it's the third day in a way, row of this gray weather, and I am just <laughs> cranky. Well, I don't know. I can't wake up, and like you said, Seattle is here, and I, it's going to be tough to hold up my side of the glass today. So, well, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that the camel and the drummer are here. Then, so between them, we'll we'll make sure that we get this the whole thing. Uh, Whole thing done this morning. This is Kim Munson with the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having these conversations, offering you a conservatarian perspective. Thank you to producer Steve. Thank you to Zach, to Patty, and and to Keith for keeping this train on the track. Uh, Greatly appreciate it. A big show planned for you today. Uh, Jackie Bouvier, she is with the National Day of Prayer. Tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer. Tell you what, Producer Steve, if there ever was a time that we should be down on our knees praying, I think it is right now. Nope. No contest. No no argument there. It's just, and you know, it has been a tradition here in Colorado for how many years? But yet, as you well know, just in the past couple of weeks, it was... Not so much in doubt. We were going to have the event, but in terms of the proclamation mm-hmm. from the governor's office was in doubt. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, you know, obviously some somebody put some heat on somewhere and he signed the proclamation. He did sign it. You know, the other thing that I found really interesting is typically uh, the legislature takes a Good Friday off. But the Senate was in session on Good Friday as well. This just seems like there's this uh, kind of subtle disdain for faith uh and uh you know what i thought to, i thought that those were the people that were real inclusive right <laughs> oh no smart people are you know they don't have any any room for that in their lives because they're so smart well i tell you what it's uh it's a very important day and jackie will it'll she'll ha- i think she'll have a real message of hope so we'll talk to her in the second segment and then we'll talk with uh, former senator kevin lundberg which will also explain to us why we need to have a National Day of Prayer. He's going to tell us what's going on down at the state capitol. We've got three more days, today, tomorrow, and Friday. I did see that they're kicking around the idea of having a special session, as if they didn't get enough bad stuff through this time. Well, when we get to it, the funny is I can't help thinking there's a linkage between (laughs) potential special session and the funny that you chose for today. Okay, well, we'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do that, uh, Stand for Colorado, our big rally is on May 10th. Be there or be square. Uh, It's going to be just a a great afternoon. It's going to be from 4 to 5.30. Initially, I thought we'd just kind of have, you know, people getting to know each other between 4 and 4.30 and signing the national popular petition and, you know, to get that question on the ballot on whether or not uh, we're going to stay with Electoral College, which 
I mean, it's in the Constitution. This whole thing, this whole leg- thing the legislature did is t- totally unconstitutional. But hats off to Rose Puglisi and to Don Wilson uh, for putting this uh, to trying to get this on the ballot. And it's a significant number of signers that we need to have. I understand they're doing really, really well, but we'll have a table there for that. We'll have a table there for people to be able to... Um, uh, vote. Uh, there'll be a table there regarding getting involved in your local politics. Uh, the recall polis group is asked to be there. So it's going to be quite an afternoon, but we're going to start at 4.15 with the speakers instead of uh, 4.30 because we've got a stellar list of speakers. Everybody's going to have three minutes. It's going to be like like speed dating on bad issues is what it's going to be. And so yesterday we announced that Barb Kirkmeyer uh, she is the Weld County Commissioner that is working on trying to get a repeal of 181, which is that very, very bad oil and gas bill, which will will uh, just really hurt our economy. Um, and so anyway, she's going to speak. Juliana Day, who has been really the leader in, in pushing back on the hypersexualization of our kids bill. Uh, Don Wilson, I just mentioned him. He is the mayor of Monument, and he and Rose Puglisi. And Rose is handling the uh, Stand for Colorado rally out in Grand Junction. The two of them have got this uh, national popular vote petition going. Uh, Patty Kurgan, she's formerly uh, been on the Pay Equity Commission. She's going to talk about business bills. Pastor Christine Uwazera Coleman, uh, survivor of the Rwandan genocide, will give us our invocation. So that's what we announced yesterday. Uh, Today, we will announce that Britta Horn, the former Route County Commissioner and Fire Chief, is going to talk about uh, 235, which is the Forced Voter Registration Bill. Uh, Natalie Minton, RTD Board Director, will talk about the assault on Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, which is uh, um, um, in the Constitution of Colorado. Uh, Regent Heidi Ganahl, C. Regent Heidi Ganahl, will talk about free speech on campus. Heather Laudenpera, you've heard her on on the show several times regarding this very, very bad bill, this forced vaccination bill. And Amy Oliver-Cook with the Independence Institute will be talking about energy issues. So, again, be there or be square. That's May 10th. It'll be from 4 to 5.30 on the west steps of the Capitol. There are concurrent rallies currently planned in Gunnison, Grand Junction, uh, Alamosa, and we may have some more to announce here within the next day or two as well, Steve. So we got a lot going on. Hey, uh, something that just popped up here, and it's of interest to everybody. Uh, sorry to horn in on your... No, go ahead. We got an email from our friend Frank Hawkins. We've had him on many times right. now. He says, just an FYI, the Facebook Nazis have put me in Facebook jail for three days. Won't even let me respond to other posts. Oh. You know, I was thinking about that because we have to get all of our posts approved now, or many of the posts that we do from the AmeriChicks. And I thought about it. I'm like, I thought this was supposed to be a whole free speech thing. And it's Facebook and it's Twitter. And they're the ones that are for net neutrality. They want to say we want to keep the Internet free. They're not the ones that are free. The Internet is pretty wild and free out there but you see facebook and and twitter and amazon uh censoring free speech and that is very very troubling so anyway great great to hear from frank hawkins how we doing on time okay first of all our uh inspiration for today is from lp jacks he uh, lived from 1860 to 1955 he was an english educator philosopher and unitarian minister who rose to prominence in the period from World War I to World War II. And this is what he said. He said, The pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, 
the optimist, the opportunity in every difficulty. So again, the pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, the optimist, the opportunity in every difficulty. I combat that every day, and I way too many times come down on the side of the, the <laughs> pessimist. So this is just a little reminder. So it's right to you, Steve. That, that's right to you. So yes. today's funnies. Are you ready? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do at your own peril. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. There were three men traveling together, a Hindu priest, a Jewish rabbi, and a Colorado state legislator from Boulder. They stopped at a farmhouse for lodging, and the farmer said, I only have two room for two in the house. Someone's going to have to, to, have to stay in the barn. So the Hindu priest said, I'll do it. After a few minutes, there was a knock on the door. He said, I can't stay out there. There's a cow, and cows are sacred in our religion. So the Jewish rabbi said, okay, I'll do it. After a few minutes, there was a knock on the door. He says, I can't stay out there. There's a pig, and that wouldn't be kosher. So the Colorado state legislator from Boulder finally said, all right, I'll do it. A few minutes later, there was a knock on the door. It was the cow and the pig. Did you like that one? Uh, <laughs> actually, I just wonder if the cow and the pig could talk what they'd have to say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know, will we? So, hey, uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention. I, I mentioned this yesterday. Regarding Ranch View, Ranch View Middle School in Douglas County, uh, they had a woman, Regan Bird, and she may, uh, uh, did an assembly with the uh, middle school kids regarding, let's see if I can give this to you, uh, an, aware, an awareness to oppression, tolerance, bullying, and acceptance. So I took a look at her Facebook page, and she is an Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Ilhan Omar, um, Bernie Sanders, you know, really, really far left, socialist left, and I thought a lot about socialism, and, you know, I think that we need to make sure that people understand that socialism ultimately is force. And uh, pretty much across that big, broad middle, uh, people don't want to be forced. I mean, we see this with the, the vaccination bill. People are saying, I don't want to be forced. And kids need to understand that socialism is force. So here, Douglas County is bringing in this woman making these kids, and well, I, I actually have asked if this was a mandatory assembly. I've been back and forth with the public information officer uh, with Douglas County. Uh, but so, so here are the kids. I mean, they're basically being indoctrinated with the stuff from the left. And then come to find out, it was reported in the Lone Tree Voice that she's uh, working as a contract employee to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, these words, uh, to staff and uh, teachers and to train them. And so that's your tax dollars at marks uh, at your tax dollars at work, Steve. Okay. <laughs> so it's not only cl- it's it's cl- cloudy outside, but now I'm just really making your day, huh? Yeah, it's now cloudy in here too. <laughs> I guess it is. Uh, so I think that's really important to understand. And then I did want to mention to you uh, there was a, a very something tragic that had happened in Baltimore just within the last few days regarding a red flag situation the um police officers had gone to a guy's house at 5:15 in the morning apparently i think one of his sisters or sister-in-laws had reported that he had weapons and so anyway they they got the the warrant to go to his, his house at 5:15 a.m. in the morning i mean how many people come to your door at 5:15 a.m. in the morning first of all and so I guess the guy goes to the, the door, he has his weapon, he puts the weapon down, then somehow a scuffle uh, ensues and the police officers shoot him and kill him. And, uh, and 
I'm and and the family is all saying his girlfriend's saying you know what happened? I mean, he was he was not really a risk, but somebody went to a judge and they got that order. Now, Steve, let's think about it. If a judge is presented, you know, by somebody saying, "Hey, this guy is dangerous. We need to take their firearms." What judge is going to take the risk and not issue that order? Very few. Which is exactly why many of the law enforcement uh, entities throughout the state are concerned. Really, really concerned. And so, as we have said before, if somebody is such a danger that uh, they feel that they need to take their firearms, they actually need to take the person out, not the firearms. This 1177, which is uh, now law here in Colorado, uh, there's all kinds of danger for, for citizens, for law enforcement. And this is, this is all about an assault on the Second Amendment. That's what it's about. Is, uh, and, you know, I've talked about it a lot. The far, far left, and, and you know, my byline is, is we, we look for, you know, not right versus left, but right versus wrong. But it is wrong to not uphold the U.S. Constitution. And one of the things in the U.S. Constitution is the Bill of Rights, and there's something that's really wrong about that. So, um, anyway, I've not gotten through all the headlines. We'll try to do that uh, as we pepper them in here within the show. But I think it was important that you understand this regarding uh, Ranchview Middle School. So I would recommend that you give them a call at 303-387-2300. That's, again, 303-387-2300. Ask for the principal, Tanner Fitch. Ask if the uh, the uh, uh, assembly with Regan Bird was mandatory on uh, on uh, Tuesday or on Monday morning. And then uh, just ask when they're going to be offering a balanced approach to what she had to say. So I think that uh, that's important. And then I thought I wanted you to know about this whole red flag tragedy that happened in Baltimore. So we're going to go to break. Uh, Before we do that, though, the Avs lost last night. I want them so much to continue on. So they uh, are now um, behind the San Jose Sharks. Uh, The San Jose Sharks have two games. We have one, but I still believe that they can do it. The Nuggets are one game up on Portland. The next game is tonight. The Rockies are struggling in Milwaukee. They need to come home, so they'll be here. Uh, They'll be there today, and tomorrow they'll return home for a three-game series with the Diamondbacks. And it is a fun time to be a sports fan in Colorado. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. They're the place to watch all the games Wednesdays today it's wing day all the wings you can eat for 14.99 the smoked wings are delish and they're only half the calories uh, you can actually have Hooters wings delivered right to your front doorstep if you don't want to go over to the restaurant and uh, I do that when the girls come over on Wednesday nights the girls love those smoked wings so you can either order your Hooters wings to go and pick them up you can have them delivered right to your front door or you can go to the uh, Hooters and actually watch the game and it's a lot of fun so be sure to check out HootersColorado.com for all their specials. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Jackie Bouvier, who is the uh, one of the, the people working diligently on the National Day of Prayer, which is tomorrow. You won't want to miss it. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. 
The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation and offering you a conservatarian perspective. Uh, And be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. All kinds of great information there. Sign up for my emails, uh, AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim. And go to StandForColorado.com. That is our our website for our big event that's going to be on May 10th. I've looked at the weather. And it is supposed to be 60 degrees and sunny next Friday. We'll see if they can get it right. So uh, let's uh, let's jump over here and talk to Jackie Bouvier. Uh, Jackie, we just met about a week or so ago, and uh, I feel like we're friends. Absolutely. I, I feel the same way. I feel so connected to you. And uh, you are working diligently. Tomorrow is a really big day for Colorado and for America. Yes. We've been helping coordinate the National Day of Prayer, and uh, as the Colorado Faith Leader, it's been an honor to be able to uh, help awaken the sleeping giant. And I feel that tomorrow, as the National Day of Prayer, which is an annual day of observance held uh, every first Thursday of May, designated by the United States of Congress, when people are asked to turn to God in prayer and meditation, the President is required by law to sign a proclamation each year encouraging all Americans to pray on this day. Well, and Steve mentioned it in the first segment, my producer Steve, that it was a little iffy on whether or not we were going to get a Colorado proclamation. What happened? So we were told that we weren't going to get one at the beginning. And uh, so our because we usually get one from every governor in every state, and the governor of this state decided that he was not going to issue a proclamation. However, um, people rallied and uh, started calling and, and uh, putting their... Uh, information out there letting them know how important this was and so we ended up getting the proclamation last week okay so what's going to happen on tomorrow uh i mean people go to their churches uh down at the capitol are there a variety of things going on or and what can people do yeah there are a variety of things going on you can go to the website national day of prayer and you'll see uh, a calendar of events where you'll be able to go to different locations starting at six five six in the morning tomorrow and pray. Uh, we will, we're hoping and praying that we will have a million people praying the entire day in the entire nation. However, uh, this year in uh, Colorado, we've made it an effort to um, come together uh, from 11 to 1, which is usually how it happens at the west steps of the state capitol. However, this year we really want to have a huge uh, number of praying people there because we believe that this is part of the revival for such a time as this. As a catalyst, Colorado, we believe we are catalyst to the nation. And coming together, we want to make a stand and believe that we will not stay silent, that we will pray together, that the sleeping giant has awakened, and together in prayer we bring unity and the victory is ours, that there is no one name, one church, one organization. 
but we are giving God all the glory tomorrow. And so it is very important for us to come together and pray because we wholly believe that this is revival time. So that will be from 11 to 1 on the west steps of the Capitol. That's on Thursday, May 2nd. And, you know, as we look at the founders, uh, the more I study them, the more I realize that, uh, well, first of all, there's kind of been this narrative out there that they were all deists to imply that they weren't Christians and that they, you know, didn't really um, pray that much. I I think that that's really untrue. Uh, You know, there's that fabulous... um, painting of uh, George Washington kneeling, you know, by his horse. And, uh, and you know, as they started the Revolutionary War, he, he basically said to all of his officers, those of you that are not out in the field, uh, you know, I, I'd like you to be to church on Sunday. And But if you are in the field, you know, certainly we want to pray. So prayer has really been something um, that's that's within the fabric of the United States all the way from the founding till now. I really think, Jackie that we're in the third founding of America. You know, there was Washington with the Patriots and certainly Lincoln, uh, you know, where we had the big question on slavery. Uh, But with what's going on now in America, I think that we are really in the third founding. And when Kamala Harris, when she announced that she was running for president, she said, who are we? I think she's, I I do agree with her on that question. I think we're asking, who are we? And uh, we are uh, a people that that um, give homage to uh, the creator of the universe. Right, right. And, you know, like you said, this has been set in 1775, 1783, in the Second Continental Congress. It was established by President John Adams, 1798, 1799, Thomas Jefferson, to establish a day of prayer and thanksgiving. So it is in our country's uh, core. You know, and you just mentioned one other thing that I think that we've missed a lot, and that is being grateful. Uh, you know, we have we have great prosperity here in America. You know, there's been studies that have been done that that the poor in America, you know, live live better than many of of the people in other countries. You know, as I've thought about it in this the, in the scope of history, you know, a pharaoh that used to ride around in a chariot with you know horses kicking up dust and all, all kinds of stuff would probably really enjoy a secondhand car right here, you know, in 2019. And so what the American idea is, it's lifted so many people up. And uh, and we need to remember to be grateful. People that are grateful can't be angry at other people. That's right. And being grateful is very important. And that's where the theme for this year comes in, where it's uh, to love one another and be there for one another. And I believe that's that's very important for us to come together as one. Well, that's for sure. So, Jackie, uh, thank you so much and uh, you know, for organizing this. And uh, like I mentioned, it, it, we just met last week, but I feel that we're kindred sisters. So thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. And we just hope everyone can make it out there and we can make a stand and believe that together we are strong. <laughs> okay, for sure. And again, what is that website, Jackie? National Day of Prayer. Okay, is it dot org? So nationaldayofprayer.org. So for more information, you can go there. Jackie, so much, and thank you so much, and you have a good day. You too. Thank you, Kim. Okay. And I just wanted to go through a few more headlines here. We uh, mentioned it, but uh, Colorado Peak Politics said that the Democrats are whining. Uh, probably, it's probably that Boulder Democrat that I was talking about. They're whining. They want a special session so that they can uh, spend more money and put uh, more legislation in uh, regarding force on our lives 
And uh, I certainly hope that that does not happen. Uh, Number two, press release from the Secretary of State office that Governor Polis and Secretary of State uh, Griswold announced that March 3rd of 2020 will be Colorado's new presidential primary. And it looks like President Trump is going to be focused somewhat on Colorado in this next election. His campaign manager says that... uh, he will be targeting Colorado, Nevada, and New Hampshire as these st- as states that they will work to flip from blue to red uh, in the next election. All three states are in play and ripe for the taking, Trump campaign manager Brad Parscale uh, told CBS's uh, Face the Nation on Sunday. So, uh, that, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Well, it, it'll be real interesting having Trump come to Colorado, right, Steve? Hey, bring it on. But even I was looking at uh, some of Joe... Um, Polis's comments on this. Even he acknowledges that Colorado still is a purple state. He doesn't just, you know, jump right out there and say, well, it's blue. Uh, I I thought it was interesting that he still uh, referred to it as a purple state. Well, you know what? I think that people in Colorado like that rugged, individualistic Western spirit. I think that's why people have come here. And uh, so we need to make the case for freedom versus force. I think most people don't like force, and the veil is off. Uh, you know, they have, it's been, you know, Katie, by, bar the door on what they've, they've been doing down there at the legislature. Maybe uh, the governor's view uh, as of being purple is a direct result of the spanking he got last Friday. Out in Fort Morgan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, but we, we have Jason McBride on the line. Jason, have you heard that term, Katie, by, bar the door? Recently? I have heard that term. I don't know where it came from. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to research that. That one just came. I have not used that one for a long time. But anyway, I think that's kind of what happened down it at the state legislature. a state with uh, one of those red flag laws. You know, <laughs> when she saw the cops coming to take her gun, she barred the door. That could be it. That could be yeah. it. So, yeah. well, what's on your mind this morning, Jason McBride? Well, I've I had a bunch of things on my mind, uh, and then I was listening to you talk, and I had even more. <laughs> you know, guys, if uh, I would say to Polis, if he says Colorado's still a purple state, that's code language for we still have a lot of work to do. Well, we do have a lot of work to do, but that's also code that they realize that that um, you know that we have we have opportunity here. And I, Jason, I think that they they have really over played their hand on this. They have uh, made so many people mad that uh, I jokingly say regarding, you know, our, our Stand for Colorado rally, it's like, if you have been triggered and are offended by what's been going on down at the state legislature, then we're going to have the intersectionality of people coming together regarding issues on freedom versus force. What do you think of that? Well, that's uh, you use some big words there, triggered, intersectionality. <laughs> um, I've been waiting for years to be able to say that's a lot to unpack, like all the, the people on TV do, so <laughs> I finally got my chance. But, uh, yeah, it, it should be interesting. Uh, you know, certainly a lot of uh, uh, pushing to get us uh, bluer and bluer, and they certainly have the ability to do it pretty much at will, but uh, it, it sounds like some of the pushback might be helping. What was the, There was one of the bills the other day 
that actually didn't even pass the Senate that, that everybody thought was a shoe in I can't remember which one it was right this second. Yeah, though. I can't remember which one it is. It, it might have been the family leave bill where they put that into a study instead of voting on it. Um, but when they put this into a study, you can rest assured that cousins of these very bad bills that d- don't get passed this session, they're going to be working on them all summer, and you'll see them coming back. And So, Jason, I just had a quick question there. In the Colorado Sun... Uh, it's been reported that many of the business groups in Colorado have been very, very concerned uh, about what's going on down at the legislature. And uh, do you have any quick comments about that for business here in Colorado? Well, I think they uh, uh, should be very, very concerned. Uh, You know, they've already started shoving through a lot of the stuff they are as quick as they have. You can bet that uh, probably more taxes are coming. Uh, you can bet that the taxpayers' bill of rights uh, will continue to become more and more optional. Uh, you would have to guess there's more regulations coming as well, and, and none of those things are are good for businesses, especially small businesses. Right. It's going to make it really difficult. And, you know, we talk a lot... Uh, Jason, about economic prosperity, Colorado, and I think you mentioned Tabor, the taxpayer, taxpayer Bill of Rights. I think that is one of the reasons that Colorado has had a good economy is because basically it's about consent. Uh, it says, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights says, if in fact politicians, bureaucrats, you want to raise our taxes, you just have to ask us. And if you want to keep excess revenue above um, a formula of population plus inflation, you just have to ask us. But these politicians, bureaucrats, don't want to ask us. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons that we've had a, a pretty good uh, economy here in Colorado. But the real economy that matters to people is their own personal economy. And that is something that you and uh, all your colleagues over at Presidential Wealth Management can help people with. Well, we certainly can. I think that's one of our strongest points, Kim, is uh, being able to really have some experience with uh, planning. Uh, especially once you get into the phase where uh, you're no longer uh, growing the money. Well, you still want to grow, but once you hit retirement and you're actually having to use the money uh, to live on and to pay your bills, I think our strong point is uh, really doing good, detailed uh, planning that people can understand, that makes sense, where we don't uh, miss things or get numbers wrong, and being able to show people a easy to understand picture of you know here's where you are and and here's kind of where it looks like you're going uh and if it's not where you wanted to go then to offer some good strategies to be able to fix the problem well and so people can get more information at chickspresidential.com that's chicks presidential.com and uh, the good people over at presidential can certainly sit down and try to help you and answer your questions That's correct, Kim. You got it exactly right. Okay. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much, Jason McBride. All right, Kim. Bye-bye. Okay. And we're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, former state senator Kevin Lundberg, he is the author of the Lundberg Report. He is really keeping an eye on what's going on down at the Capitol. So uh, stay tuned because I can't wait to hear what he has to say. So we'll be right back. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. 
The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto FireGuard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. The mortgage process can be stressful, and with a potential increase in interest rates, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-517-7173. With over 30 years of combined experience, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook of Home Mortgage Alliance have the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. They will remain available seven days a week and they will always respond quickly to your calls because they pride themselves on their excellent customer service. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-517-7173. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation and offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails and be sure and check out our website for standforcolorado.com. That is our big rally that we're going to have on the west steps of the Capitol on May 10th. We chose May 10th because that's the day that Governor Polis will be giving his State of the State address earlier in the day at uh, a luncheon touting all of the things that they've done down there. And we thought it would be great to have uh, hardworking Coloradoans come down to the state capitol and have a great optic of saying, we stand for Colorado, this is not okay, we're concerned. Uh, but somebody that's going to explain to us why we should be concerned is former state senator Kevin Lundberg. Uh, senator Lundberg has a, an amazing report that he's doing. It's the Lundberg Report, and it is so informative. So welcome, uh, Kevin Lundberg. Well, thank you. It's great being with you. And that website is kevinlundberg.com. And the Lundberg Report, you're putting that out. It typically comes out on Sunday, right, Kevin? I yeah, I try, I try to assess what what has happened in the previous week, and uh, uh, so I work on it over the weekend, and and then try to kick it out to Sunday, or if I'm really uh, quick on Saturday. But <laughs> there's so much to go through. Oh my gosh, um, there, there is. Are, you know, usually, usually about this time, there are maybe one or two issues out there that are major, and yeah, there are a bunch of bills that they're kind of pushing through. But, but uh, they, you know, two or three days before the end of the session, uh, most of the work is done. Not this year. <laughs> they are, they got so far behind because they pushed such a, a heavy-handed agenda, and 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 I want to thank the Republican. Uh, caucus uh, down there in the House and the Senate because they've been pushing back. They've been saying no. They've been push, putting amendments forward and, and, and really fighting this tooth and nail even though they don't have the votes. They've got a lot of the process and they're doing what they need to do. Well, and you know, call me naive, but I used to think that uh, the House floor and the floor of the Senate was a place where there would be deliberation regarding bills that they would be brought forward. But I realize. You know, these these uh, legislators have been been influenced. They've been working on these very bad bills, you know, over the summer, you know, and before they get here. And, and um, you know, so, I mean, I just found that the, just the, the sheer volume of bills was just astounding to me. There's no way that you could debate all these. Well, the volume of big controversial bills 
If you look at the total number of bills, it's about average. About 600 bills get uh, introduced every year. But the vast majority are are simple things that, that and there are several of those, but, uh, um, you know, um, when one party, and and uh, that's called the Democrats, get in charge, uh, they, they seem to go wild. And um, I was down there for 16 years, and, and I saw it a couple of other times. First time when, when Bill Ritter was elected uh, um, uh, governor, and they had both the House and the Senate, they threw out a couple of really wild-eyed bills, and they pushed them through, like um, a heavy-handed regulation of the oil and gas industry. That's something that Ritter wanted to have, and, and that was a big battle we had. But, but then we were done. And we went back to kind of the regular business of, of um, making laws, and by the end of the session, we'd wrapped it up. Um, then in 2013, they had another big push when, um, well, Hickenlooper was the governor, and they had the House and the Senate, and they decided to dump a bunch of, uh, uh, of bills. Actually, there are two different times. One was, was a bunch of tax bills. And then the other one, the one that really got everybody's ire, was all of the uh, gun bills that right. they dropped all at once. In the middle of the session, though, I'm going to say, in the middle of the session. And then they pushed through all that. And, and yeah, there were a few recalls that occurred. So a lot of uh, uh, pushback from, from we the people. But, uh, again, by this time at the end of the session, it was pretty much at least the calendar was under control. This year... They've thrown big bill after big bill after big bill, and some of them they've just uh, they haven't worked them through. For example, the first big bill they pushed, House Bill 1032, which is the, the, the big sex education bill that requires every public school, including charter schools, to abide by these, uh, these strict, very left-leaning policies, uh, to, to put it nicely, um, that bill is still on the calendar. It was laid over yesterday uh, in in the Senate, and um, I, I don't know when they're going to deal with that. I know this, that if they're going to push this bill through, they have to um, deal with it at least by Thursday in second reading, and then Friday, the uh, the, the final vote in the Senate. Um, but, yeah, it's it's... I've never seen this, and and I talked to legis uh, or lobbyists, I should say, who've been around there for thirty years, and they just shake their head in disbelief, and and you know, because we've seen big bad bills come up, but we've never seen this many, and it's we've fine. never seen it with with such an out of control calendar. Um, well, and they, and a real disdain, you know, you know Senator Lundberg, uh, a real disdain is almost for the people, uh, and so what has happened here is I, I was jokingly saying, you know, we're gonna we're organizing this rally for May tenth, mm-hmm. uh, StandForColorado.com, and I and I jokingly say I'm taking their word, the intersectionality, and they they try to to use that. They're trying to push people to all these descriptors to bring them to an intersection where they all all vote together. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to take that word. And the first time I ever heard that word, I think it was a made-up word, was when I was on city council. It was coming out of kids going to college. And then I've talked to college professors, and that's a word they use all the time. So I'm saying this is an intersectionality of people with issues that they're very yeah. concerned about. And it is across the spectrum, particularly on this forced vaccination bill. Senator, Senator Lumberg, yeah. I have read it. And 
and, and I've thought a lot about this, and, and um, this is what's been happening in Colorado and America for a long time. The far left, uh, this is no longer the Democrat Party of JFK and your grandpa, grandpa and grandma. This is a totally, totally right. different. Uh, this is a, a socialist, social, socialism is force. Uh, this is that bolder Democrats that have taken over this. Um, but uh, like the forced vaccination bill, there are are women that have reached out to me that have said, thank you for talking about this. Nobody else is. I've been a Democrat yeah. for my whole life. And all of a sudden I'm realizing that it's not really the Democrats that care about me. It's really the people that have been down there, as you mentioned, the the Republican legislators, you know, they stayed on the floor and debated that vaccination bill while most of the, the Democrats left for a while and then came back for the vote. And those moms that were up there in the gallery watching, they were astounded at what they saw. That uh, wouldn't surprise me at all that, that uh, you know, a lot of legislators just packed up and left and, and uh, you know... I've uh, always contended that uh, the vast majority, I'll kind of say by guesstimate, guesstimate, uh, 95% or 98% of all votes cast are determined on election day because it's who is down there, not all the, you know, we we think of of lawmakers coming and debating and, you know, having great discourse and Mm -hmm. considering all the angles and then finally voting one way or the other. Well, that's not the way I've seen it work in the legislature. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty much predetermined by who elected you, and uh, um, oftentimes that's not just the people from your district, but that's some big special interest, something. And and I'll I know that that uh, it the the Democrats they vote in a big block because they know who elected them, and that's the party, that's the the power behind the party, if you will. And in this particular case, they've just pushed so hard. And I've worked with a lot of these people. I was down there last year. I've been, you know, some of some of the uh, folks in the Senate have uh, been there almost as long as I was. And uh, they uh, they know better. They should know better. But but there is this. What do you call it? Intersectionality, yeah. <laughs> which I, I think is 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 a nice term for we're going to force you to follow our plan uh, or you're not going to be here anymore. Um, and, and that word yeah. force, uh, I, I continue to hear that there are studies out there that that most millennials, uh, I think most people don't want government force in their lives. And uh, so we are seeing the veil is off on this down there at the legislature. And I I mean, I think it's tough right now in Colorado, but I think we have a heck of an opportunity. Uh, So, Senator Lumberg, let's go to to break. I want to have you talk about just a few of these bills, but I'd also like to have you chat just a little bit about the opportunity that we have here in Colorado. Uh, If if we care about freedom instead of force, I think there's a great opportunity. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. 
Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Presidential Wealth Management has educated thousands of Coloradans at our free financial education classes. We're offering two Social Security classes in May. Our Arvada class will be held at the Apex Center Tuesday, May 7th at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday, May 11th at 10 a.m. Our Lakewood class will be held at the Lakewood Library on Tuesday, May 14th and Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. Go to chickspresidential.com to sign up online or call 303-694-1600 and make your reservation with Natalie. Come join the 88 Drive-In this weekend for opening day of Avengers Endgame. Starting April 26th, features will include Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Shazam. Box office opens at 6 p.m. Friday. Get here early and be among the first to see this highly anticipated movie. We're now open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh, We are having a conversation with former uh, state senator Kevin Lundberg talking about uh, what's going on down at the state house. I've got your Lundberg report up right here, Senator Lundberg. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) I don't even know where you would want to start. Uh, <laughs> felons yeah. devote. Yeah, well, uh, what? I mean, it's astounding to me what's going on. So why don't you choose maybe three that people aren't aware of that they should be concerned about that's on this list? Oh, boy. Uh, well, here's one that hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but I think is huge. And and that's the uh, climate action plan bill they have. And, and uh, You've got the report in front of you, so tell me which number that is. Well, let's see. There's so many here. It's a House bill. I'll find it here. I'll find it here. 35 on there. But let me explain the bill, because the number is not important. What it's going to do is, and they were debating this on the the Senate floor. That's on Monday when they went till 530 in the morning. Can you believe it? Uh, Yeah, I I mean, they're just driving them... uh, it's crazy. Anyway, this bill will require all carbon emissions to be reduced by 2025 by 50 percent. 2025, that's, you know, a little over five years from now. Mm-hmm. And by 2030, by, um, or no, no, it's 30 percent, and then it's 50 percent by 2030, I believe. Uh, okay, anyway, well, it, it might be is, it, it might be this House Bill 1313, eliminate. It'll be 80% of CO2 from electric utilities by 2030. Yeah. Is that it? N- no. It's a no, different one. Actually, that's, okay. yeah, that's a different one. That's just electric utilities. Don't worry about the number. Okay. Worry about the issue because the issue is to actually take all, all of carbon emissions out of the picture. I think by 2050 they wanted, they, they wanted either a... 90% or 80% or something like that. And that's everything. That, that means um, uh, driving your car down the, the street will probably be banned on certain days because that's about the only thing they can do to, to lower that. That means utilities will have to do what, what 1313 does, which is to eliminate most of their 
carbon output, which means all coal-fired will have to go away very quickly. Um, th- this this is just um, it's if you talk to somebody in one of these industries who's really going to be straight with you, because some of them are just playing the game and saying, "Oh yeah, well, well, we'll we'll do it," knowing that it's com- that it's scientifically impossible. Impossible. <laughs> impossible unless you ram us back into the dark ages or the state goes into a deep depression where no one lives here because no one has a job here and therefore very little activity occurs. Um, I, I, I just shake my head, head in disbelief over that one. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, let, let, let's jump to another Well, there was one that you topic. mentioned, and, and uh, yeah. somebody mentioned it to me the other day about this unclaimed uh, fund uh, oh, and even like gift yeah, cards. Unclaimed property fund. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, the unclaimed property fund is is something that that the state holds. The state treasurer um, administers this, and it's uh, they receive any any dollars that aren't claimed or any other things of value. And there's a whole procedure as to how that occurs. Well, this is a trust fund that the state holds for the people of Colorado, and uh, not everybody claims their dollars. But what the state state has done from time to time is they've dipped into that trust fund and and those are not state dollars those are dollars that that's money that that's held in trust for them anyway they've dug in from time to time and i became quite aware of this when i was on the joint budget committee and taken out millions and millions of dollars to the tune of of uh, i think it was like three or let's say 300 million dollars out of this fund even though i think it was even higher but this year, they've got two bills out there, one to take $40 million out of the fund uh, for, um, uh, for, for an affordable housing grant program, and then another one to take $30 million out of the fund for uh, highway transportation. Now, I like building new roads. I think that should be a priority. But let's use the... the the state's dollars, not dollars that they're holding in trust. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the reason this is a big deal is that they are spending that at a rate that they cannot sustain. Uh, because there, there's another ongoing program for the adult dental program that pulls out somewhere between 20 and $30 million a year. And you add all that up, and, and one of the economists of the Joint Budget staff last year said, you know, if we have a recession Judging by the money that goes into this fund and comes out of the fund, we're going to be bankrupt. It's kind of like the Social Security fund in in miniature, if you will. Mm -hmm. We're spending more than we've got. And it's just one of those irresponsible actions of of, uh, legislators who can't think beyond next year's budget. Well, uh, somebody mentioned also to me that, like, if you... Uh, and, you know, get a gift card and you don't use your gift card, that that money's mm-hmm. going to go into this fund as well. Well, yes, eventually it does end up there. Uh, and there's, um, I, I had a bill last year that I tried to run through the Joint Budget Committee that, that would have dealt with some of that stuff because uh, I discovered my, you can go online and you can find out if, if you have any money coming from you. And I discovered that my wife does. She's got. 12 cents from a bank <laughs> that somehow wasn't collected somewhere and that's listed on there and and so there's you know there's some nonsense things like that i mean uh-huh. you know i just said 12 cents I, we're we're not going to work through this process but but there are 
you know, it, it, it amounts to, I think we've collected $1.3 billion over the life of the fund and uh, paid out about, uh, uh, I don't know, three or four hundred million or so, maybe 500 million. But there, and there is only about 300 million being held in the fund. So you can do the math. We've been spending the rest of the money. Um, it's, it's a complicated deal that, that I don't find a whole lot of rational response to. Uh, it's, it's like para, you know, oh, and there's, there's a bill out there. Um, you know, we, we wrestled to try to, uh, para, which is the public, uh, employee, uh, retirement, uh, system. Um, it is not on a sustainable path or wasn't last year. We passed some legislation that helped stabilize that. Well, this year they're coming back and they're undoing some of that. So there, there was one, uh, area of para where they said, well, we're really not going to bolster as much as we were before. Um, this, this is another example of legislators who, who just can't look beyond the next year and uh, refuse to really face the long-term reality of what it will take to sustain what's a very important fund, uh, the retirement for the, you know, all of the people who've worked for government here in, in the state of Colorado, or most of them at least. Um, you know, one, one of the things that's really struck me this year is it's not just, you know, going after the guns or going after more taxes. Um, what it's amounting to this year is every aspect of life seems to be on this. Right. You know, you called it socialist. I would, I would, uh, say that means taxing and spending and controlling. I like the terms you use. Uh, uh, it's it's a matter of force or freedom, and they've chosen force because whenever you empower the government with bigger and more, it means we're forcing the people into that particular box that they decide. And this nation was founded on the principle, and this state was founded on the principle that we, the people, should be in charge of our own lives. And government is there as a very necessary and appropriate pri- part of civilization. But it's not to force everybody into, you know, these little boxes of life. It's it's to uh, to you know empower us to be all we can be as as God has created us, not as government as uh, dictated to us. Right, and uh, government is supposed to stay out of the way and uh, let people, yeah. Yeah. you know, go after their own prosperity and. The the veil truly is off on this, uh, Senator Lundberg. We've got just a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And in all this, as bad as this is, I mean, it is awful. Uh, I, as I look at the, again, it's freedom versus force. But I'm encouraged. The veil is off. And I think there is something happening in Colorado. I think that something is, and I was with a bunch of women last week. And the conversation mm-hmm. was so hopeful that we take a stand here in Colorado, stand for Colorado, our rally, take a stand here, and that, that we're going to take a stand against all this. We've got an opportunity, and that that is then going to go out to the whole nation. I agree with you 100%, and, and uh, I would add a point of, an imperative point to it, too. It's, this is not business as usual in politics this year, not in Colorado. Um, it, it has exploded so much and so much has been put in place that if we the people do not respond uh, and say enough and we're going to change this, uh, I, don't, I don't think we'll have another opportunity to, to really step up and defend our freedoms for not just you and me, 
but our kids and, and we, our grandkids. And we have a responsibility to, to do that for sure. So, Senator yes. Lundberg, that website is, uh, let's see, it's uh, kevinlundberg.com. KevinLundberg.com. I'd highly recommend that you sign up for your weekly report as well so that you can stay apprised of what's going on because we need to, to take the – people say, oh, I don't, I don't like politics. Uh, you know, I'm not into politics, but politicians are into you, so you need to be informed. Exactly. Absolutely. And, yeah, you go to the website and just sign up for the newsletter, and we'll keep you posted with all the things. I, I serve as the executive director for the Republican Study Committee of Colorado, and that, that's kind of the four – the, the, the forum I have to get the word out, and, and that's the idea, is to make people aware of what's happening to them through the state of Colorado. Well, most definitely. So that's KevinLundberg.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, Senator Lundberg, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Great talking. Great talking with you. And today's uh, quote is just a little pithy. I thought I just, it was a sense of humor. Uh, Mae West, you remember the actress Mae West? She, uh, she said, when choosing between two evils, I always like to take the one that I've never tried before. <laughs> so today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.